You're okay, Jerry. Yeah, this weather, yeah. <laughs> Fourth, you couldn't have me all at current power rankings at number four. You have to have them. Definitely have them at number one. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Vinnie Perth is with us. Vinnie, good morning to you. Good morning. How are we doing? Um, we should start with Rovers uh, because it was important that they finally click. Stephen Bradley was saying that he knew the performances had been good up to this and that the difference was that they were actually taking their chances last week against Sindok. Was the difference not that um, they didn't have a man sent off and the opposition did though? Uh, I suppose the answer is yes. To be honest with you, the first 25 minutes of Dundalk were probably the better side, to be fair. Dundalk played uh, quite well. Then the sending off changed the game, albeit Rovers were winning at that stage. Um, So it's one of them where um, I've been saying for a while, I think Rovers have been been playing really, really well. But ironically, up until the sending off, I think Dundalk were playing the better. And I see, basically, I think, sum it up, Dundalk have played better this year and and or played worse and, and won and Rovers have played better and lost or dropped points so it was just a, it was a strange game descending off changed it to a point but to be fair to Shamrock Rovers they were winning 1-0 at that stage There is a possibility that we look back on the early part of the season where Rovers had those sending offs and difficult results and it just looks completely out of character for the rest of the year and a, a season can turn so quickly where yeah. they had no confidence because they weren't getting results even though the performance was good and now off the back of this they score four and a, a dam is broken yeah, it feels that way. I also think the the, the bench the other night was Gannon, Lopez, Finn, Watts, Burke, Aaron Green and young lad Poom, who's who looks a hell of a good player. And they, they've left him out in a couple of away games because getting to another league. So they had a real strength and depth. It felt like it was a it was a real, as you said, the dam opened the other night. It felt the, the real Rovers are back to me watching the game. Now, I was watching it back after the result, uh, but it felt like it was a real sort of statement performance and result. And I would say I, I, I think they'll kick on from here. It'll be a difficult game this week, but I think they'll kick on from here. And um, um, yeah, just looked, they looked a real deal for me on, on Friday in terms of um, how they won the game. They've been threatening that though, haven't they? Like they, they just, as Stephen Brady said after the match, they just took their chances for the first time. Like they, they've had games where maybe they could have had decent wins, but just couldn't put the ball in the net. In the net. Yeah, the, the only thing I'll say is, um, to be fair to Dundalk, they weren't. They were down to ten men, and then once that happened, and Dundalk had Pahoven uh, missing through injury late late in the day, so they weren't overly tested because of it. The two of those uh, issues. So we'll see. It looks like t- I feel they've turned the corner. I said they would, and I ho- um, in many ways, you sort of hope they would. They're the, they're the best side in the league, I think. So um, it looks like they've, they've turned the corner. But look, they have conceded four against Cork. They have had men sent off, and it's hard to argue with some of those decisions as well. They have misperformed at times. They have let Pats into a game where they should have won it comfortably. Uh, they have let Derry beat them. In in Tallaght as well, so they have opened the door for other teams, and um, it's made a, it's made for a better league, I think. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And, and yeah. So, if it had so been it's possession good. at this stage, it would have been you know obviously Bowls and Rovers is always going to sell out, but like yeah. it's now in now it's on Virgin, and yeah, there's a, a big game feel about it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really important for the league that it would be great if Rovers put in a good performance for the league and still don't win this game, just so that everybody's like, oh, there's going to be a long form. Like reason to focus yeah. on this, and it's not going to be a procession. 
Yeah, and I think it's I think it's crucial that um, every opportunity we get to showcase the league. Like uh, uh, sometimes I'm critical because it's very easy to be everything is great in the league. It's brilliant. It's fine. It's great. I think some people are guilty of that. Um, um, I think we've got to call out what we see. Um, just because grounds are selling out at four and a half five thousand, like there's still so many parts of a game to improve we all know like I was in Tolka Park the other night so Derry City fans and I've I've said it before they're brilliant away fans to sit beside and listen to them they they travel for three three and a half hours they stood on an open and anyone that was in around Dublin on Friday night they stand on an open terrace and effectively uh, you could have had a, a a fire hydrant hose poured on top of the head that's how bad the rain was and they stood there for two or three hours we have to improve all of that stuff. So this is another chance to showcase our, our game. Um, Rovers are are the pinnacle of it at the moment in terms of the last, uh, in terms of what they have, in terms of their squad, their ground, other teams, and, and balls are well on the way of, of catching them off the pitch as well. So um, I just hope it's a great night. I hope it's, as you said, really good performance. And um, A lot of these games have been just to, to, to sort of bringing up a lot of these games over the last few years a referee's decision has been crucial in it so that's what I hope doesn't happen this week tougher has been talking about the referees we we talk about that in a minute right but how do the two teams match up like uh, styles make fights yeah um, I I think it's 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 perfect the Rovers will play the normal system with their sort of 3-5-2 whatever way you want to call that with probably Gaffney up front with uh, Johnny Kenny who who's starting to find his feet Johnny Kenny 21 international at Celtic a lot of Irish players have really struggled, struggled at Celtic but Johnny Kenny has really really impressed me since he's come back and he's playing week in week out his movement for young players interested in, in football his movement off the ball is exceptional um, he goes in behind a lot and it's something that you say to young players go and watch Evan Ferguson whatever you know English players but sometimes when there's one in front he's staring at you I think it's important that people can watch him so he, he's been excellent Gaffney will cause balls a lot of problems he operates up front but dry, falls into that sort of left position and Rovers are really strong in the middle but uh, I've been saying it here for a while I think Bowles recruitment particularly in centre midfield has been really good. Um, um, McManus in midfield looks a hell of a good player. Uh, Adam McDonald has given him huge energy in there. I imagine Flores has been wasn't playing the other day. Uh, I don't know what the injury is. If he makes it, um, and um, obviously Bork needs to um, uh, come back into that sort of uh, midfield for them. So. I think I think the midfield area is crucial for balls, so that's where the win and losing the game is. Uh, we spoke about Johnny Afalabi a yeah. couple of weeks ago. He's really hit form. He looks like one of those strikers who's really frustrated because he wants to score more goals, mm. but he's playing exceptional and giving them a real sort of platform. And one sort of player to watch has that bit of magic, particularly in big games, is Ali Coote on Friday. His, his form has been exceptional for balls, and he could cause... Rovers a lot of problems. You mentioned Poom as someone who hasn't been put in by Bradley for the for away games. Understandably, I guess, as you say, trying to get used to the league. But a lot of the new signings, and I think we spoke about this earlier in the season as well. He wasn't throwing them into the big games because he was like, "Well, let them sit in the, sit in the bench and watch." Is yeah. that still something that Stephen Bradley's kind of sticking to? Uh, I think I think there's a, a couple of things. Yeah, I think he has done that a little bit with Poom. But someone like Richie Tell went up to. Uh, Oreo Parkham was really, really good. It, Richie Tell played uh, against um, uh, Shelbourne at that time away in Tolka and what was a heavy pitch. So mm. there, there has been certainly um, 
there's certainly a bit of you know horses for courses. Yeah. Again, the, the pitches at the moment, some of them are difficult to play on. Uh, Talca the other night, obviously the heavens opened up, but Talca the other night was really difficult. And um, uh, so yeah, it, it is horses for courses. That's why um, I said Bork for balls a minute ago. What I meant was Buckley, Jesus. Uh, but keep Buckley coming back into the balls team yeah. is like horses for courses you could see he's been on the bench the last week or two I think he's had a bit of an injury you could see Declan Devine bringing him into that team and mm. there is a little bit of that and um, people knowing the league knowing the atmosphere so he probably will go again with, with sort of the League of Ireland players I know obviously it's a it's a derby and all the fire and passion that that brings but is there a little bit of Bowes that is thinking yeah draw suit us fine and does that seep into decision making on the pitch um, how do you prevent that? Because like I'll tell you how you prevent it. Bowls play Rovers on Friday and Derry on Monday. I think if they've two positive results, a win and one of them and a draw or whatever, I think you have to almost say with quarter of the season gone, they could do a Leicester City and win a league title. So it depends on your aspirations as a club and the manager. And I think if he sets out his team, go and win this game, well, the rest could be history. So it is a it is a big moment for them to say... Uh, we can do this. We can do this, yeah. and I think I think it's not like you know. In many ways, uh, Rovers are the Man City of League of Ireland, but they're not that far ahead that a team can't come from the pack and catch them and, and overtake them. And I'd like to think that's the mindset of. I get the impression that's the mindset of Declan. I know him, don't know him that well, but I know of him. He's worked in around Derry, and uh, yeah, I'd like to think he's thinking if we get four points out of the weekend we could go and win the league title and why it, not it, the way the league fixtures have put them up against uh, Rovers and Derry in over Easter it's like you know <laughs> these are big 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 games yeah yeah, but like to be honest with you as a coach as a manager as a player what a weekend ahead of you if you know you, you no matter what you're a league of one player you're losing your Easter weekend well then, what's the second prize playing always on a Friday and Derry on a Monday? It's not bad. How important is it that the game is on Virgin? That like there's an opportunity here if it goes well and there's a bit of sport. Now, look, it, it is a bank holiday and so I don't know what the viewership figures are going to be like. But um, Yeah, and I, I think, look, I think the viewer figures aren't overly important in many ways because you've also got a huge game with Leinster on this weekend as well. Um, so... Look, I, I, I'm one that, albeit every bit of uh, TV or exposure helps, I'm one that we have to get a house in order before we start banging down the door and complaining about RTE and TV3 not showing our games. Um, we've got to get things a little bit better first and that will come, all of that stuff will come naturally, I think. And I think we, clubs have started to do that, we're not there yet. So I, I, I go back to the first game of the season down the Turner's Cross and I looked, and it's not that I look. Uh, the best way to put it is I spoke to someone from outside of the league who watches a lot of football. He's a, he's a scout for an English club. And he said the pitch looked terrible. So what's Daily Mount Park going to be like in terms of the visuals of it, all that stuff? And when that all of that stuff improves, t- I think TV will follow by its nature. Yeah. I don't think that's the be-all and end-all. I think we have a 
it's almost it, it, it used to be a cult to follow League of Ireland. Now it's a little bit more. It's it's on the verge of breaking out. Acceptable, nearly. Yeah. Is that oh, the right yeah. word? Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's indie as opposed to cult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just growing, and I don't think I don't it's know. the be all and end all just to be on TV. No, it's not. It's not. But I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen North Circular yet? The the documentary about the North Circular Road. No, no. The, um, there's a scene at Bowes. I think it's a Bowes Rovers game. Yeah, actually, it is, yeah. 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 And it's just stuff that I haven't seen on TV before, right? Now, obviously, it's a brilliant documentary maker who has lovingly crafted this, and so therefore, it's it's yeah. it's art, right? And I don't expect art from my TV coverage, but the immersion of the fans being central to the story of the football, like it's very attractive, and it's a way for the league to sell itself, and, and maybe the league needs to do this independently of the broadcasters and just start like this is what the atmosphere is. But really it's like, only one leg of the stool; it's the TV part, and it's not the most important part. The point that's the point on, and to, the facilities are obviously incredibly and, important. And everything and give you like football, a, and the, yeah, a thirty-second league of our in history, Rovers were effectively homeless in the last 20 years they now have a beautiful stadium best team on the pitch it was fan led it was people got all put their own money into their pocket drove this club on to being what they are today and then they got the help of the council and different bits and pieces and outside investment now has come in and they sit on the top of the tree Bowls are going through the same process. They nearly went bust. They nearly went out of business. People got involved and, and helped them and grow. And that's where these clubs are grown from. You go up to Sligo, the fundraising up there is exceptional. So when we get all of this and, and we we're able to come to the top table and speak to the head of the RT with a real product, we can demand a bit more or whether it's Virgin and people are actually competing for a product. And we're getting close to that. We're just not there yet. And I just, but we're very close to it. It's chicken and egg stuff, isn't it, really? Because you're saying that like the, once the facilities and stuff improve and the visuals, that the TV cameras will come. But sh- shouldn't the TV cameras come first? And, and maybe then the, the, the interest and everything else and the finances are drummed up. Yeah, no. And uh, in case I'm being, uh, I'm not explaining myself properly, the more they're there, the better. Yeah, yeah. Just, just keep doing what we're doing, keep improving. And I think they'll come naturally. And I think, listen, I, I, I think RT have a responsibility to show a certain amount of football from from Irish football, local football, they'd say they do a little bit of that. But we have a responsibility to give them something to do. So don't expect a cameraman to stand on top of a chipper van for argument's sake yeah, and record something. Yeah. So let's let's all grow together and I think that's the key to it. And if we if we try and be balanced in our arguments about League of Ireland, I think people might listen to us a little bit better. Mm. Um, there's news in the papers today that a verbal agreement has been reached between the council and Shelburne for Shelburne to get the lease for Talca Park, which would secure the long-term future for Talca Park. It's going to cost a lot of money, and so the club are going to have to find a way to finance that. And obviously they've been connected with um, outside investment, and there has been some... Uh, I don't know, uh, there's been some change anyway in, in the management structure there recently, so we're uncertain about where that's going, but it seems like it's going in the right direction. Hopefully, and Duffer was asked about it in the press conference and he was a bit uncertain about potential new owners dictating to the manager how to play. You'd really hope that doesn't happen. You'd really hope that if new owners come in, they're looking... Yeah, I think the whole city manager made a lazy comment around the time when Dundalk were coming in about, well, we should all play the same way if we're yeah. the same club. Um that was a lazy comment. Um, I'm sure he, he he probably regrets it. And um, whatever about like we pe- people would say on the outside, oh, you have to you have to be your own man and all that stuff. If you're part of an organisation, fine. 
Grant, people don't understand that part. You look at Chelsea now, there's, un- there's one man in charge, and and the story there always has been, but but at the same time, you can't that 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 just that sounded nonsense, and no League One club would accept that. And I think that might be a big part of why that deal ultimately fell through. That type of commentary. So, um, it, but at the same time, what Shells need to do is spend a hell of a lot of money. Does it? There's an amazing stand there that's um, has is, is not certified for use at the back of one of the the goals yet the ground sells out so it's not perfect a lot of money to be spent down in Tolka Park and I just hope the finance can be found from somewhere to do that so the council don't seem to be on board with that they want the daily amount as the the sort of number one site in that area so it will be difficult for them to get to where they need to be yeah they'll be doing it independently really Um, but if they own it then at least they can start funding it from the lottery and and but there's not a huge history of independently owned or is clubs doing a great job of that that's the fear yeah it's definitely a difficult path that they're going but that was part of the Save Talca uh, movement and they've obviously they've decided that Duffer's point about the referees um, yeah it, it was a big weekend for referees in terms of where we're at I was at that game um, I didn't um, I didn't I wasn't overly in love with Duffer's comments like I'm a big fan of Damien's and what he's done for the league and he is box office um, but it's like and a couple of referees might choke on their coffee this morning. They were listening, hearing me defend them. But <laughs> it, we live in a world of social media now, where there's no context on any decision made. We don't see the referees' report. Paddy Barrett was sent off. Everyone has seen it online at this stage. What looks innocuous enough uh, challenge. Uh, um, I was at the game, and this is hindsight's wonderful. But I've, the guy I was sitting beside will, will come into court and verify that I said this to him. They made a change at half time, took off Luke Bourne, and maybe he was injured. And I was going, Oh, I, I, I'd have been worried about Paddy Barrett. He was on a yellow card, he'd made two or three difficult challenges, and I don't know whether that played into the, into the decision to send him off. So, for context, uh, it was difficult. You've got it's uh, a really good fouling issue as much as anything. It could have been. Right. I don't know, but that's what I'm saying for context. We've no way known. Um, if you watch the clip, the referee's on the wrong side of it, so you, I, I would say the fourth official was probably involved in the decision. Um, but Paul McLaughlin, who's being name-checked, I wouldn't like to name anyone, because referees are amateur now or part-time, where a lot of a lot of people are in the league now are full-time. But Paul McLaughlin is, is it is regarded in the league as a, as a really, really good referee. And remember, there was one big decision Right, the whole crowd wanted in the ninety second minute Shelbourne player goes down, everyone wants a penalty. He said no and he was dead right, it wasn't a penalty. So he made a really good decision in the middle of that game and people ignored it. But but it was a difficult night for referees. The dangerous thing as well is it can, and this isn't offers. He probably wasn't thinking about this at the time. But it can cause a pile on. Sometimes you mentioned social media as well. Like, but like I know Paul McLaughlin, at the referee from that. Like he, he's uh, based in Monaghan. He was a uh, Garda, but from Donegal originally, I think it is. But like thoroughly decent man. And then you think about the fact that you know he's going home to his family or whatever else, and it, it's tough then when the manager has called you out after the match. Look, if 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 a referee makes it a mistake, fair fair enough. Yeah, but I think then you might encourage pile, pile up, piles on. Yeah, there's a lot of unbalanced. Like people are saying, oh, there's more yellow cards in the game, all of that stuff. Um, the last real, th- there has been a, a sort of in-depth look at this, and the last real sort of, we're running at about five point zero one yellow cards, believe it or not, at the moment after seven games. But last time there was a real investigation into this a couple of years ago. 
that would leave you sort of mid table mm. of about seventy two leagues across the world that was that was done. Okay, okay. so uh, Spain would be about five point three. Um, Serie A, which would be a lot of fells in, would be about four point nine five. We'll we overseas and in our league last year would be four point something in the mid. But the problem is, you go back to what we compare ourselves to. Scotland would be about four point zero. League one and two would be three point something of a yellow card, right? So Statistically, slightly more permissive. In yeah, but I think our referees and they, I'm not speaking for them. They have speak for themselves. I think the our referees are uh, more European. They want to be European refs. A lot of them are European refs, and they referee to a European style. So you can't compare it to English football. Okay, slightly different in terms of the management of games. But we have got an issue. We have a real issue around referees. We've got some top class referees, but we don't have real strength and depth in it. And uh, a lot of managers have made the same comments as Damien, but they obviously didn't grab the same headlines. And that's the, that. Unfortunately, that's the key to it. It's really an issue in all sports it's particularly bad in football because there's a culture where you're allowed to say basically anything about referees and there might be a slight slap on the wrist and in some leagues you get fined or you get banned for a game but it doesn't really matter it doesn't really change managers' behaviours yeah and um, like I've complained about referees I've done it in in, in press um, but I'd like to think and do you regret that now but but I regretted it at the time in many ways I remember um, a key decision went against me when we played Shamrock Rovers I ultimately think that cost Dundalk when I went back European football should have been uh, sending off on a red card but when I went into the press conference at that stage I think social media had started where I said we should have got a decision and uh, but I was very balanced on my view of that decision at the time and when the press conference en- ended, I actually said to those four or five of the normal press guys, that decision is terrible, but I can't go overboard now. I think the ref is going to get piled on tomorrow when you see it back. So you have to be, you have to be conscious of that a little bit. But at the same time then, the, the, and I'm going to use the, there's, a, there's an example, a great example where Tim Clancy was uh, sent off for, against Rovers two weeks ago. And it was the, his team, Tim was under... And I'm, I'm be careful in my language here, but Tim, Tim was under a little bit of pressure. Pats had had a couple of bad results. Fans weren't happy the week before. They were 2-1 down to Rovers, and they scored a late goal in the 88-odd minute. A handball happens right in front of his bench. Sean Hoare controls. It looks like it hit, it hit his hand. I felt it didn't. Actually, the guy next to me felt it did. Right. So there's the difficult referees. Sean Hoare clips into the box, and chance a wonderful save by the goal. Tim goes mental with the fourth official. Um, because it's like it's a huge moment for him and his career as a manager for Pats as yeah. a club it's life or death it feels like in the moment it yeah. feels like it yeah. and emotion as a, and I've been there I've been in that difficult situation he walks away and he kicks a water ball and we're talking about the 92nd minute of a game that's brilliant that that game was stopped referee comes over gives him a red card Yeah. then subsequent corner uh Rovers almost score again. Sean Hoare has a half volley that hits the keeper, an amazing save. Like, Tim's fighting for his his club, his team, his everything. And the really, over the years, I've seen that happen. And the good, good, the, the best refs pretend he don't see that. They just pretend he didn't see him kicking the water bottle. And you understand the moment. Okay. And we're, that's where there's a balance in all of this, where we've got some really top referees. And I'd say to you, give you one example, the best ref in this league 
is probably the worst fourth official, right? <laughs> and it, and for for reasons of he's just brilliant. He'll make the decision. There's no bias in him. There's no nothing. He, he, when he has a job to do, he does it. But he he probably doesn't mix with some of the managers. Some of them well enough. That's just life. I'm just saying people like me, some people don't like me. And it's about finding that balance. But slaughtering referees and saying it's about assessors. There's been assessors since 20 years in League of Ireland. There's assessors when you play in Europe. There's assessors everywhere. And we've got to find a balance in this and protect the refs. It's the hardest job in football, probably. You debate Harry Kane the other day. You debate... We'll debate penalty decisions. I've done it here all, all over in a day. And we need referees or else you don't have a but game. And we've got to be careful about our language. The footballers and, and football managers in the League of Ireland or in any league don't understand how or don't know how difficult the job of a referee is. Like we saw years ago, didn't Carragher and Neville go off and, and become linesmen yeah. for a day? And they were afterwards, were like, Jesus, so much more respect. Like that is tough. You know, your minute calls in a split second. So I don't know if there's a way for, for. Well, we used to sit down at the start of the season and talk to them. and and there was the, the, when the handball stuff came in you know just leading to a goal that was explained a little bit and different things but to be fair to the FEI where, where they get a lot of criticism they've invested in a, a package from Estonia called RefPal okay and what RefPal we've got Y Scout instead as, as coaches as managers mm. and they've got RefPal they've bought this so there is improvement going on with referees where the decisions are analysed where they get video links of all the decisions they made what led up to it and different things so there is investment and there is improvements coming but there's no doubt the shortage uh, and there's, there's a lack of strength and depth but I think Part of the challenge with referees and coaches is someone who now able to look from the outside in, sitting in a lot of stands, looking over what's happening and saying, there needs to be relationship building. Mm. And I think that was what the League of Ireland was good at back in the day. The best ref, Alan Kelly and Ian Stokes, back in the day. Anyone that knows League of Ireland will know them too. Alan's now working in the MLS as head of referees, and I think that's missed. Yeah, no harm getting um, them back into the system, even just as like consultants or. Yeah, well, Ian Stokes, for example, still works in right. it, and, and a lot of the ex refs would still you'd see them at games. Yeah, mm. uh, the rest of the fixtures: Pats are at home to Cork, UCD at home to Shelburne, Dundalk at home to Sligo. On this is the Friday fixtures, obviously, and then Bowls Rovers uh, and Derry City against Drogheda. Um, it, I, I, look, the Bowls Rovers one obviously is the headline fixture there, but everybody else needs to keep going about their business, particularly Derry. Like it's a big weekend for them as well. You would expect them to beat Drogheda at home, and then if they were to go and win against Bowes on Monday night, equally they were the ones who at the yeah. end of it have six points. And like, yeah, that's it. That's exactly what we expected. I think Derry need to catch fire a little bit at the moment. I think they were just okay against Shelburne the other day. Ryan Graydon is is in excellent form. Um, it just needs to catch fire because while Rovers have been dropping points, you just need to keep keep building the lead. So, um, a big game for them this weekend. Cork. Uh, UCD look like they're going to be cut adrift so that battle for second place is, is sort of really important Cork Rory Keaton is playing really well for them so they need to keep building and I think the, the next transfer window will be important for Cork uh, but it is it's continuing to grow I was at uh, Talking Park the other night it wasn't a great game of football but it was uh, there's something about it something special like listen and then I watched um, Sligo and Bowles on Saturday night and I'll never get them two hours of my life back. So that's football. It happens. You yeah, have yeah. to live and, and breathe it. But um, it is what it is. But again, brilliant night for for Bowles on Saturday night. And what a big weekend for them. They're going to be tested now that they haven't been tested before, I feel. And we can confirm that Evan Ferguson's a Man United fan. Um, well, I'd say, put it this way, his father is a, is a Man United fan and... 
but his mother's from Coventry. He could sign for Coventry any day. Right. There you go. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, many good stuff. Thanks a million. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.